Welcome to Prime Time with Alex Stein. It's your boy, Double Nine, Grind and Shine, all the time, Alejandro Stein. And I'm very thankful to be standing here on this beautiful blimp with you this evening, and that I did not end up going to Burning Man this year. Because to be very frank, I was invited to go and live a degenerate lifestyle on the playa and burn it up with some tech giants out of Silicon Valley. But instead, I stayed home with my cats, avoiding what some have started to call it, Drowning Man. Because sadly, there were casualties. RIP to the ones that crossed over. And let's not forget about the other major issues like food instability and the porta potty toilets overflowing and the private jets getting quarantined for Ebola at LAX. So I'm just thankful I stayed far away from that. Burning Man made Firefest look bad in comparison because they at least had proper toilets at Firefest. Unlike Burning Man, which devolved into a poop and mud filled hellscape that captivated the world's attention, but only for a moment. Lucky for us, we contacted someone that made it out of Burning Man alive, and she is a female, so she's probably a little different and eccentric, which could be cool or an absolute nightmare. We will just have to wait and see what Sloan has to say about her traumatic experience in Nevada at Drowning Man, AKA Burning Man. Now, let's start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Primetime with Alex Stein. I'm your host, Alexander Hayden Stein III, welcoming you to a great episode this evening. We have the one, the only... Jacob, or you might know him as the QAnon Shaman, as well as Sonia, a Burning Man survivor, is going to come on and tell about her horrific tale being stuck in the mud and being assaulted by what some are causing uh, Burning Man rape. I know that sounds crazy, but they said it was kind of, it was almost, uh, uh, you know, against their will. They went there for fun, and the rain gods kind of gave them an old spiritual ass whooping. And uh, we're going to feel her out, see how she feels after the fact, I'm sure it's going to be very entertaining, and we're going to find out what kind of drug she was on because we sent her an at-home drug test, and we're going to get the results live on the air. So you do not want to miss that. But before we get into that, we got to do what Jimmy always sets up. It's his favorite part of the show. He loves to produce this part. It's probably my least favorite part of the show, but I do this because Jimmy's special needs, and these are some of the needs that need to be met. So this is White Darius, and I am spraying glass cleaner in his face while he's dressed up as a transgender Burning Man attendee. So we're going to play the top four comments, all right? That's a four-star admiral, Alex. Be careful. Now, that's funny because everybody that's an admiral in the military now is either transgender or an openly gay homosexual. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's just the cold hard facts. All right, that one's good, number one. Number two. Two and one. Now, anti-streak and anti-terrorism. All right. What is that? G's uh, witch? I kind of like that, G's witch. All right, that one's pretty good. Or right, what's the third one? Lubricate my bussy. That is from Dang4690. Lubricate my bussy. All right. I like that one. One day, we won't have a blurry caption contest image. Ah, I love that. Who's that? Dolph Lundgren? Listen, Dolph Lundgren, you have to give Jimmy a lot of leeway. He's not the best producer. He's trying his best, but that doesn't mean he is the best. So he's oftentimes going to pick frames that are blurry. Is that his fault? Yeah, because he should find the most perfect frame, the most beautiful frame of me, but he never does that. He always finds the most embarrassing, the ugliest frame of me, the fattest frame of me, the biggest double chin possible. It oftentimes putting me in a very sexually vulnerable position as well in these pictures. It's, it's very challenging dealing with Jimmy, but... We're learning to live with it. And honestly, I like it. I like it because my life wouldn't be, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be the man I am today without constantly facing the challenges that Jimmy throws my way and defeating them very easily like a Sudoku, which I was a Sudoku champion. Jimmy, did you know that, that I am a Sudoku champion? I did not know that. Tell us more. Well, I was I used to do a lot of Sudoku tournaments and I actually got kicked out of the Sudoku tournaments for cheating. 
But before I got caught cheating, I was one of the world's best Sudoku players. I used a calculator. I had a special Sudoku calculator. Did you do like the chess player who had the vibrating anal beads? Yeah, I did. I had a vibrating anal bead. That was just for fun, though. That was just trying uh, to... Not even an advantage? No, just... it was it actually disadvantage play. But since I was cheating, I thought that it kind of evened things out. Okay, so now, Jimmy, before we get into the show, we got to talk about this. The Daily Wire, they had the QAnon Shaman on, and they went quadruple viral, hundreds of thousands of views. We had him on, we got like 10,000 views. So do you realize how much pressure is riding on you tonight, Jimmy? Not me, because everybody knows I'm perfect. Everybody knows that. I mean, I don't think that's debatable. It's on you. If we don't get a lot of views and clicks, it's because you are not as good of a producer as that they hire at the Daily Wire. Is that true or false? They pay them at the Daily Wire. I know, but you pay me here, but you're getting paid in experience. That's Listen, true. I know That's they true. have a normal business operation there. We have an unorthodox business. I don't want to hear any more excuses. Excuses are like buttholes. We all they- have them. They all stink. See, I'm learning. Can I finish my crap, Jimmy? If you know what I'm, if I'm saying, a cliche. Let me finish. This Holy cliche. shit! Hundred dollar super chat. What? How did we get that? What did they say? <laughs> oh, it's from the chat. really nice guy Matthew Adams. He sent me. Okay, actually, this guy he DM'd me asking if he could get me a baby gift, and he actually bought three things off my registry. So thank you, Matthew. Matthew's Adams. the best. He's thank the you. best. He's my favorite. Did fan. he really though buy all I'm, that I'm stuff, be, Matthew? I'm, I want you to return all that crap you got, Jimmy. I don't want any of that crap okay, going to Jimmy. I'll, 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 I'll read it. It says, Alex, can you ask Jacob about Laura Loomer's reporting about Ukrainian spy Sergei Dibindibin's photo with him on J6 and Ukrainians' involvement on J6? Did you see that, Jimmy? You know the guy we're talking about, Boneface. I think is his nickname. Yeah, I did see that. Do we have any graphics of Boneface on the show? Though, we do not. The- I couldn't find the one with him and Jacob. You couldn't go to Laura Loomer's uh, thing and just get that picture that she shared? I, I tried. I think it got deleted. Oh, really? It did because I I really looked like, hard. I couldn't find it. I mean, what did they teach you at Princeton? Just how to do arts and crafts? Or did they actually teach you how to problem solve and... You know, no, mostly pronouns. Just a lot of pronouns. How classes. to be gay. Is that basically what it is? You went to gay school. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't deny that. Just And then you know. I had to pay for your gay conversion therapy to convert you back to straight. It's just a pain in the ass. All the money that your parents spent turning you into a homosexual and then all the money and time I spent trying to turn you into a non-homosexual. Well, I want to be president like Barack, and apparently that's how you do it. Well, Jimmy, let's talk about that real quick, because if you really do think about the letter that Barack Obama wrote, I was listening to our boss, Glenn, and he was talking about how that they were actually aware of these allegations from Larry Sinclair, that Glenn was well aware that a man had professed to say that he had smoked crack and given oral sex to Barack Obama. But at the time, the media just took it as a rumor, as a salacious scandal from a person that is probably a substance abuse user, so is not very credible. But then I'm listening to Glenn this morning, and when he was describing why they didn't take it as serious, He said, now looking back and seeing the letter that Barack Obama wrote his girlfriend at the time about how he had gay sexual fantasies with other men, about sucking men and effing men and anal with men and how much he wanted to deal with with their fecal matter. What did he say in it, uh, Jimmy, about how much he wanted to, Barack Obama said he wanted to eat poop. Is that true in the letter? I don't believe so, but I can double check my memory. Double check, because I thought there was a line where he said, "I I would eat poop if they would let me eat it. I think he said that. I, I, you know, I'll research, you know, I try to check on Twitter, just like the Lord. Just check on Twitter, Twitter or no. So my point is now, if you have this letter where he's talking about having gay sexual fantasies, and then you add that with a corroborating witness in Larry Sinclair that he had gay relations with him, I think it makes these allegations in a court of law, which I am a lawyer, not licensed, but I am a lawyer. If Mm -hmm. you need any representation, I can represent you, not legally, of course, but I can Mm -hmm. give you legal advice that you cannot legally use, but wink, wink, we know. My point being, in a court of law, he would be guilty of being a homosexual. And if this is the Salem witch trials, they would probably... Well... What did they do at the Salem witch trials? They, at the stake, they burned you? Yeah, but you have to... Like a pile of sticks? I looked into Larry Sinclair. He's also kind of sketchy in terms of... Why is he sketchy? Because he's a drug addict? A lot of the people on the show are drug addicts. BTB, uh, (laughs) White Darius, Black Darius. Why Mm -hmm. are you... What's you mean we're on the show? Well, now most of them are dead and gone and suspended, yes. But we've had a lot of drug addicts. So Larry Sinclair is hooked on fentanyl and crack. Ooh. Honestly, I think that makes him more authentic and more likely to tell the like truth. Like him and Hunter Biden? Hunter Biden is one of the greatest American citizens to ever <laughs> be a part of this country. So mm-hmm. I don't, you're not going to talk negatively about Hunter and put him in the same 
situation. And honestly, so what? If Hunter did have gay sex with Barack Obama, that would actually be a good thing. I wish Hunter Biden would have gay sex with Barack Obama. Well, you know who might be able to shed more insight on that? Who? The QAnon shaman. Well, now we welcome on the one, the only, Jacob Chansey, or you might know him as the QAnon shaman. Jacob, what's happening, Jake? Not too much. I'm glad to be here again. Good to see you, Alex. It always is a pleasure because, you know, Jake, honestly, when I first kind of became aware of you, I didn't realize how articulate you were, how smart you were. And I'm not here trying to kiss your butt, but I'm saying you actually have a, you know, you are a smart person. You're not just some dumb person that stormed the Capitol like the media will try to make it make you seem like. But now looking back at everything that's happened, and I'm sure the, the question everybody wants to know, what do you think about Enrico Tario getting 22 years, in your opinion, uh, for not even being there on January 6th? Well, I honestly think that is a gross sentence. It's just absolutely appalling that he would get 22 years. Like you said, he wasn't even there. Um, I wonder if it has anything to do with the bias in the justice system. Um, I think if he went to trial, then that was a bad idea doing that in D.C. And then did, when you went to trial, though, Jake, did you have to go to a D.C. court or where was your where was all your stuff handled? Well, I didn't go to trial. Yeah, I know you took that's smart. You got to take a deal that but these people don't realize one of my friends got 19 months and now his name's Luke Coffey. And now he's looking at a lot more time, potentially. I think you have to make a deal, even though it's a deal with the devil. I, they're never going to give you a fair shot. Well, I definitely never made a deal with the devil. Um, Metaphorically, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just playing with it. But I do think that you have to read the terrain. Sun Tzu, Art of War, never fight a battle that you cannot win. You know, you don't fight in a battle where it is uphill, it's at night, and it's raining. And that's kind of what it is that we have uh, in the whole DC uh courts is that you know these people are choosing to go to trial with juries that are filled with people that hate trump and believe that january 6th was a violent insurrection no you're exactly right and, and i was just listening to your michael knowles interview and i really kind of liked the tangent you went on about slavery you said even though everybody talks about reparations for old-time slavery but really we have more slaves today whether you're a debt slave whether you're mining cobalt in a well in you know africa so tell me a little bit about uh, modern-day slavery, in your opinion, Jake. Well, modern-day slavery is based on child and human trafficking. There's literally 40 million people that are either brought into or born into child and human trafficking. And this is the modern-day slave trade. And it is rooted in corruption abroad. It is a, the largest growing black market industry in the world, surpassing drug sales and firearm sales. And the reason is, is because you can sell a bag of cocaine once, you can sell a firearm once, but you can sell a child or a man or a woman several times a day. And you can keep doing that for years on end. And that is what we are talking about when we talk about the modern day slave trade. And the human tra and child trafficking is the modern day slave trade. So where is the liberation and the reparations for those people? No, you're right, because a lot of people don't even realize, like a lot of times at, at uh, nail salons where women get their pedicures and manicures, these a lot of times like they're from Korea or China and they'll keep their passport. And so usually they'll want to work in the nail salon or they have to go to a massage parlor where they have to give happy endings. So I'm just saying that is a form of sl sex slavery because you're not going to be able to get your passport back unless you earn enough money, either, you know, doing nails or doing some sort of labor. And for these women that maybe you can't do that skill and you're, you know, it, Having sex is an easy skill, so people use them. And like you said, it's a drug you can only sell once. If you have a human, you can sell them, you know, a million times over. So it's pretty disgusting. I'm, I'm happy that you're actually bringing awareness to it because it's a subject that nobody talks about. And uh, Libya, they have slave, they have the slave trade going on right now, and you don't hear ever the media talk about that. So it's kind of a weird, harsh reality that we're actually living in that nobody talks about. Well and really quick, if you look into the way that corporations like DynCorp have been contracted by institutions like the UN to be peacekeepers in war-torn countries. And how anywhere and everywhere the UN and, the, and DynCorp goes, you end up seeing that they are trafficking the very people that they are supposed to be protecting. 
And if we look into what happened in Bosnia or if we look into what happened in Afghanistan and the connection that DynCor and the UN have to these locations or what's happening in Libya, UN went into Libya. And once again, we see slavery. And if we look at the globalist less than one percenters interests in, say, the UN or in corporations like DynCor and stuff like that, then we can really begin to unravel how it is that the black market is basically the black budget for international or national organizations such as like the UN or, say, the CIA. Pretty deep. There's a lot to unravel with this one. For somebody that's just kind of like on the surface, they'd probably never understand a lot of this stuff. Okay, now there's a viral video going around where Stone, what is this guy's name, Jimmy? There's a guy. Stone. No, no, not, I, I know Roger Stone. I'm saying there's a guy, he has the t- skull face or stone face. He has like a bunch of tattoos and he's supposed to be a Ukrainian. Oh, yeah. yeah so what's, what's up with this? So like, supposedly he was there on January 6th. Did you see this guy, this uh, Nazi Goyam Defense League guy uh, at all when you were uh, there on January 6th? No, I did not see Boneface. And Bone Laura face. Loomer has really brought a lot of this stuff to the surface regarding Boneface and what uh, is alleged that he was in Ukraine and uh, after he got arrested by the FBI because it was something regarding like a terrorist action or, or plans in Florida. And then supposedly he was flown over to fight with the Nazis in Ukraine. The person that I saw and I did not know at the time, he came up and asked for a photo, was a guy named Sergei. And uh, that guy is, uh, according to the FBI, a Ukrainian spy. And this is something they told me while I was discussing with them uh, what happened on January 6th. The, in, an, in a meeting that my attorney at the time had arranged, they asked, they held up the guy's picture and said, do you know this guy? And I said, no. And I said, who is he? And they said, he's a Ukrainian spy. And I was like, oh my God, no. I, and they said, you hadn't had any contact with him prior to January 6th. I said, no, I, I don't even know who that is. And then I pointed at the photo and I said, you see how I'm sticking my tongue out in that photo? They say, yeah. And I said, well, that's what I do when I'm taking a photo with somebody that I do not know. And I've literally taken hundreds of photos with hundreds of people over the years. And I use that face or like, you know, a face where I'm like going like, yeah, as like a pose to show like, don't know this person just posing for a photo. And so when we ask ourselves, okay, if the feds knew that this guy was a spy, why isn't he arrested? And this is also really important. He was also one of the people that was the first to be there with a camera crew that supposedly is a camera crew that is based in Ukrainian military uh, filming. And he was one of the first people that was there at the breach of the Capitol. He was one of the first people there when the Capitol was breached filming the whole thing. Well, that doesn't surprise me that a bunch of different countries, I'm sure China had spies there. I think there were a lot of agent provocateurs. So in your opinion, what was your experience with that? Uh, you know, I know that everybody says Ray Epps. What do you think was the, really the at play? Because you walked right in there. Tucker Carlson, my biological dad, helped you out. I mean, they just showed you weren't a threat. They weren't worried about you. They were literally giving you a tour. So, uh, you know, I guess how, like, how did they get in, in your opinion, compared to these Chinese spies? Like, do you think that they were kind of an inside job, false flag attack, in your opinion? Well, to quote Kennedy, infiltration instead of invasion subversions instead of elections, intimidation instead of free choice, guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. So this is something that's been going on for a long time. It's called covert warfare. Now, there's two different types of warfare regarding top secret operations. One is called clandestine warfare, and that is where you have a top secret mission that is on behalf of a government. And if the operation goes belly up, then the government takes responsibility for the clandestine operation. However, covert warfare is when the government is funding, arming, and training insurgents that are not connected directly to the government. Now, if you look into, for example, al-Qaeda in Afghanistan during the Cold War, the CIA funded, trained, and armed al-Qaeda because this is a part of a covert war because the United States could not be seen having direct conflict with the Soviets during the Cold War. So they armed, trained, and funded al-Qaeda to do the fighting on behalf of the United States government so the government could say, it's, it's not us, we, we, that's them, that's freedom fighters, you're in their country. So if we look at what's going on, for example, in, on the ground in Ukraine and how Nazis are involved, 
Okay, and then we see how there's uh, a sort of a destabilization that has gone on there for a long time regarding these Nazis. Then we can see another element of covert warfare, especially if it's true that Boneface was flown from the United States over to Ukraine to fight with these individuals, these Nazis in Ukraine. Now, if we go back even further to Operation Paperclip, and when the United States procured over 1,500 Nazi scientists, doctors, and intelligence agents and um, brought them into our country, wiped their war, crime, their war crimes clean, and then placed them at the highest levels of appointed power within our government under false names, and we graft that concept onto what's called Operation Gladio, which is basically where there was a bunch of underground Nazis in Europe that were a part of terrorist cells in the European countries of Europe, and how we used those underground terrorist cells of these Nazis in Europe to destabilize European nations. Okay, and then once we destabilize them in their economies and through you know uh, covert warfare terrorist attacks, then they were able to form NATO. Okay. Then, the, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, we're, now think about this. Now, let's draw the correlation here. What was one of the stipulations when the Soviet Union fell? When in the contract it said that countries like Ukraine, which border Russia, would not join NATO. Is this because it may have very well had Nazi ties? I think so. And let's also consider the notion that part of the reason we got into this war in the first place is be, that we're in now is because. First of all, we overthrew the Ukrainian government in 2014. Okay, we installed a puppet government. Then we erected, say, for example, bioweapons labs. We also were responsible for helping to rebuild their infrastructure. Also, the child and human trafficking, Ukraine is, is infamous for their child and human trafficking. So once again, we're seeing all these same common threads regarding the black budget and the black market. And so Putin was saying, do not join NATO, do not join NATO, do not join NATO. And then under the table, it has been believed by many people that Ukraine joined NATO. Yeah, well, they basically are. And I, I think that's what's going to happen is we're going to go into World War III, in my opinion. I feel like NATO is going to feel obligated to defend Ukraine. And what is it? Smedley Butler said war is a racket. He was a five-star general. So they have to have somebody to shoot these bullets at. I mean, these defense contractors, they want to be able to have a target so they can make these planes shoot their bombs at something. They don't want to just shoot it at nothing. So the idea that war is ever going to stop, it's not going to stop until we just make it illegal or these people can't benefit it from it financially. I don't know how to stop war, but I'm very anti-war. Well, that's, that's the thing, is that where there is no demand, there will be no supply. So what Eisenhower called the military-industrial complex and what Kennedy called a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, scientific, economic, and political operations, they're talking about the deep state. Okay, and what we're talking about is the collusion between non-government organizations or defense contractors and corporations with government and government bureaucracies. Okay, this is the deep state, is these corporations using the government's monopoly on the initiation of force or the ability to start wars and colluding them together so that the government uses its monopoly on the initiation of force to move private money I mean, public money into private hands, whether they be, you know, military contractors, pharmaceutical companies, et cetera. So there's a large amount of money in the United States in our in our taxes. And the whole point is to take that tax, those tax dollars and move them from our budget into the private hands of less than one percent of the population. Now, if we make war obsolete, then we can basically make it to where we don't have to do it anymore. And the only way to do that is to make resources infinite. And how you make resources infinite, because think about it, most of our wars are about the acquisition of resources. Ukraine is one of the most highly rich in natural resources in Eastern Europe, if not the most. So what I do think have this is the battle what do they have? I'm not even trying to be funny. What does Ukraine have? I don't even know. What do they? I believe you. I just don't even know what resources they have. I didn't realize that, that they have resources there. What do they have? Well, I think they have abundances of uranium, oh, number sure. one. Um, I think they also have abundances of things like oil. Um, they, have, they have all sorts of resources, including the human beings that are on the ground. Like I said, child- and That's what I thought. Human probably. trafficking is like their main resource, seriously. So Yes. So all of these things are interconnected. Now think about this. 
if the government wanted to end child and human trafficking, they could do so quite quickly. But if it is their means for creating a black budget and using this black budget money to fund these covert wars so that they're not on the books, why would they want to get rid of their cash cow? They're not going to get rid of it. Do you think, uh, do you think, uh, like, who, who's part of the deep state? Tony Podesta? Who, uh, like, do you think it's multi, uh, you know, international people? Like, wh what would you have to say? I know you don't know. I mean, I consider, like, the corporations. But who do you think's in charge of the, quote, unquote, deep state, in your opinion? Well, if you look into the notion of the Kazarian mafia, mm -hmm. if you look into the notion of, uh, like, the Bilderberg group or uh, the Council Lateral on Commission. Foreign Relations... Yeah, the Trilateral Commission, NATO, the World Economic Forum. What you're going to see is that each of these organizations is a pyramid of sorts. And it is a pyramid that is designed to monopolize all of the labor and the resources in every single country on the planet. Okay. Now, when we talk about who is a part of the deep state, what we have to talk about is who is heading these bureaucratic agencies that are here in the United States, people like Anthony Fauci, for example. There are over 500 bureaucratic agencies in the federal government that are in charge with regulating commerce. Okay, so by quote unquote regulating commerce, they are saying what we can buy, what we can sell, what is legal and, and, and illegal, and therefore they are creating a form of law. Now, these bureaucratic agencies also have the ability to enforce these regulations, which means they have their own form of law enforcement, and they have their own administrative courts, and these administrative courts adjudicate these regulations. And because these things have been consolidated into a single centralized power, we no longer have a separation of powers in the government. We have centralized power of all three branches, and that's what the founders defined as tyranny. Now, people like Anthony Fauci are at the tippy top of these pyramids. And then f he's been in power for like 38 years. So they are appointed by people that are elected. And then they stay in power far longer than the people that appointed them. And then they run things from behind the scenes for the corporations. Okay. It's like the now, CIA says they're are largely international. Well, the CIA says they're more powerful than the president because the president changes every four years and the CIA stays the same. It, well, and now you're beginning to get it. So who is at the tippy top of the CIA pyramid? Who's at the tippy top of the FDA? Who's at the tippy top of the NIH, et cetera, et cetera, the FCC, et cetera, right? So the idea here is, is that these individuals are doing the bidding of international corporations or international banking cartels that are here to monopolize our resources, monopolize our labor, monopolize our currency, and move public money into private hands. Now, if we look into things like BlackRock or Vanguard, or we look into things like the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank, now we're beginning to see how the power is consolidated and centralized on up the pyramid. Okay, so tell me this. We have this clip. We're talking about the deep state. Barack Obama is supposedly wrote his ex-girlfriend at the time that he had a bunch of gay fantasies. And then on top of that, everybody talks about how Michelle Obama is probably a boy. But then on top of that, a video from before 2008 of Larry Sinclair saying that he smoked crack and gave Barack Obama fellatio. Now, once again, my biological stepfather, Tucker Carlson, had Larry on and asked him some poignant questions about his love tryst with Barack Obama. So let's watch this clip and I want to get your opinion on it. You're just a guy who's in town for the night and it sounds like you're looking to party. Yeah. Pulled up in a bar outside and there's this guy that's introduced to me as Barack Obama. I had given Barack $250 to pay for coke. I start putting a line on a CD tray to snort and next thing I know he's got a little pipe and he's smoking. So I just started rubbing my hand along his thigh to see where it was going and it went the direction I had intended it to go. Even though you had sex with him twice, you did cocaine with him, watched him smoke crack twice, you had no idea who he was. I had no idea who he was. Let me just ask the obvious question, what was Obama like on crack? Um, is, is it your sense that that's who Obama is, just transactional, or that he's bisexual, or like, what is this? It definitely wasn't Barack's first time, and I would almost be willing to bet you it wasn't as long. The guy's running for president, and credible information comes out that he's smoking crack and having sex with dudes. That seems like a story. Well, it would be a story if the media really cared about telling people the truth. What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are I'm not surprised.
I heard about this story when he was running for president. And at the time, I was about 80-20 that it was true. Um, but as I've learned more about the deep state, we have to talk about how it is that these governments are controlled, how it is that these bureaucrats are controlled, okay? So, for example, we all know what Jeffrey Epstein was doing on his island. Yeah, right? having sex with children. Okay. Well, yes, and flying people that were extremely powerful and influential Money in potting. politics. Wait, wait, speaking of, come here right now. Hurry, Helen, hurry, run on set. Listen, listen. Jake, this is Helen. I don't want to give all of her information because I don't want to dox her. So I don't know if we have the same camera, if we can see her. Look at this camera. So, Jake, this hot blonde girl hit me up on the internet, came <laughs> on my show, and me and Jimmy, my producer, we all think she is a fed. So, Helen, try to convince him that you're not Jeffrey Epstein honeypotting me. Well, I'm not. Um, it's pretty obvious that I'm just a fan, which is okay. People actually can like this show. Nobody likes the show. I know, Jay, I know, it's, it's a crazy thought, but. Helen, why are you holding a black baby? That's our baby. That's my That's child. A, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm from Detroit, so. What, what is that, a racial joke? That's no! A, no! Okay, so, Jake, how do I know that she's not trying to Epstein Island me? Like, I feel like, any, I'm serious, I'm with these girls, they're gonna take a picture of me naked, and then I'm Epstein Island. Like, people act like it's so hard, I think it's very easy to manipulate powerful people, especially through sex, as the mechanism to make them, I guess, you know, make stupid mistakes. Well, there's no issue. Yes, so, how you're able to tell, and this is this is what's hard, is, you're not really able to tell sometimes until it's too late. How this stuff works is that you have three different lives according to the CIA. You have your public life, you have your private life, and you have your secret life, Ooh. okay? So the idea is to move from the public life into the private life and then get so close that they get into your secret life and they learn the secrets, right? Now, the way that they do that is by establishing trust. Okay, so they have to make you feel like they have your best interest at heart, like they are there for you. And then you can always tell based on the kind of questions that they ask you. Okay, now the thing is, is for the most part, people that get honeypotted are people that have access to like, you know, creating contracts for non-government organizations, having access to nuclear codes, et cetera, et cetera. I have access okay? to Glenn Beck's oh, codes. If, I have access to Glenn Beck. That's maybe why. She's trying to get to Glenn. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry to cut you off, Jake. You're, you're rolling. Keep going. It's okay. Well, see, and yeah, so you kind of have to look on down the line and see, okay, well, what do you have the opportunity for these people to exploit? Now, when it comes down to like people getting pictures of you naked, well, they're not going to pull out their camera and get a picture of you naked. What they're going to do is they're going to install some sort of a camera like in their purse or in a, like a clock or an alarm clock or something. Then they'll get that. But the thing is, getting a picture of you naked isn't really what it's about. It's about getting you in a compromised position so that you won't want to say, turn away from the agenda they have for you. And that's really how you know if you're being honeypotted, is if what they try to do is use sex and their tr your trust in them to make your agenda their agenda. Are you going to try to use sex to take a part of your agenda and mix it with my wow. agenda? Right now, I want you to wow. tell the audience that you're not going to use sex. Well, I sex. just want to say that is an absurd accusation and absolutely not true. You're not going to use any sexual stuff because I'm very easily abused with sex. Well, that's you can obvious. Me very but easy with sex. Yes, that's obvious, but no, that's not happening. Hey, the chat has a concern. They said so the baby no is a camera. The baby is there a ba is there a camera? Get that baby out of here! I gotta break that baby. No, Jacob, seriously, dude. There are these these hidden camera hoes, and I see her messing with wires. I was like, "What are you doing over there, MacGyver?" She's like, "Oh no, I'm just installing there are headphones." Some yeah, I know headphone wires that could be listening to me. So, Jake, are you worried because now you've become kind of an icon against the establishment? Are you ever worried about them maybe coming? you know, to you in the future and trying to honeypot you. I know that sounds crazy, but are you kind of worried now like they want to take you down for something bigger? Because really you made them look stupid. They had to let you out of jail early. You made the system look really dumb. They tried to make it seem like you were going to decertify an election and like you're some really bad guy. But then when you watch the footage, you're literally taking a tour. So I guess my point is like, are you worried that they could take you out or kill you because they want to change the narrative of your story? Well, I think that it's never a good idea to make decisions based on fear. 
I think that it is possible, but I also think that if they were to do something like kill me, then that would make my message more powerful than ever. I think if anything, what they need to do is assassinate my character. That's part of the reason why I don't think they're going to kill Donald Trump, um, because they have to assassinate his character and they have to create some sort of fracture in the Trump movement and in America. And every time they indict him, it seems that he gets more traction and more support. So, um, when it comes to being honeypotted, yeah, that's something that I worry about sometimes. But I think that as long as my intentions are pure, which they are, then I don't have to worry about that because I'm not, you know, going to just take my pants off for any woman, even one as a woman as beautiful as her. Ah, I'm not taking my pants off. Thank you, Jake. Not a compliment from no, the shaman himself. Yeah, the shaman. This guy's legendary. I know. So, I know. Thank so, you. Okay, but Jake, now let's go back to before 2020, because like when I hear stories talking about you, you were kind of famous before January 6th, right? You would be at a lot of anti-establishment rallies, anti-mass rallies, right? Weren't you kind of a celebrity before January 6th a little bit? Um, I don't know. Well, I know I you're very, you don't, I, was... I know, I know you're not going to say, oh, I was some famous guy. I know you're not like, a, you're against materialism and ego and all that stuff. But I'm saying you were kind of well-known, right? I mean, didn't you go to a lot of stuff? What, what were you doing leading up to January 6th? That's my question. Well, leading up to January 6th, uh, especially in 2020, I mean, even in 2018 and 2019, I was going down to my local capital here in Arizona, banging my drum, singing my song and calling out what I called the political parasites in power in the Arizona deep state, the Arizona swamp. Um, But in 2020, I took it to a whole other level and I started going to all of the rallies here in the Valley. I started going to all the rallies in the state, in particular Trump rallies or like the walk away rally. I went to the uh, Save the Children rally in LA. Um, I also went to a couple BLM and Antifa rallies and marched with the police as a counter protester. And so uh, I would say, I'll just say I was locally known uh, but it wasn't like I had any sort of the notoriety that I have now. Of course. Well, now you're famous. Well, the reason, Infamous. yeah, he's not famous, <laughs> but the reason why I asked that is like, do you think they could have chosen you because you had a cool outfit and hat? Like, I, I don't think anything was fake on January 6th, but I do think that there was agent provocateurs. My friend that went there, uh, like his whole life, like I said, they offered him 19 months. He said no. And now he's could go for a lot longer. Uh, my point is like, I, I do obviously think it was real, but do you think like you could have been chosen by the deep state to kind of be the face of it and you not even known it, almost like MK Ultra in a way? Well, I'll say this much. Good luck trying to control my mind. Yeah. Um, I am well-versed in things like electronic weapons or psychotronic weaponry, voice of God technology, voice of skull technology, as well as um, intelligence agencies manipulation tactics. So I would say that it's possible that what happened is that my image was used, but I honestly think that they probably didn't realize, and they would have if they would have just done their homework, that that I was the worst possible person they could have picked to be a straw man and the face of this thing because I actually understand what it is that's going on on another level, more so than anybody that is uh, one of the candidates on stage of the Fox News stage running for president. I can explain what the deep state is, for God's sake. None of those people can even explain what it is. Yeah. Do you trust Vivek? Before we let you go, we got to let you go in about two minutes. But do you think Vivek's a snake? What do you think? Uh, you're talking about Vivek Rava Swampy? <laughs> yeah. That, yes, I don't, I don't trust Vivek. I think he's Obama 2.0. Even on the debate stage, he came out saying the exact same thing Obama said uh, when he was uh, in his DNC speech. Um, I think he, he talks really well, and I think that that is part of his charm. But the thing is, is that if you look into the fact that he was the CEO and a founder of a biopharmaceutical corporation, are those good guys? No. If you look into the fact that he took uh, money to go to college for a scholarship from a Soros foundation, I believe it was John, uh, George Soros's brother. I could be mistaken about that, but that gives me pause. But then we also have to look into things like the fact that he was pro-mask during Yeah, that's annoying. That can- that's lame, dude. And and he wants to get back into the bad trade deals with China. Yeah, he's Obama 2.0. 
And Ron DeSantis, God, that guy's got some things that he's doing in Florida. He's basically running Florida like a fascist dictator, and he's paralleling his interests with globalist interests so that he can basically take over Florida for the globalists and sell the land and destroy it because of the way he's cutting regulations. It's all, he's doing all of this at the detriment of the people of Florida. So what is he going to do for the American people other than sell us out? No, and I, I like some of the stuff Ron DeSantis has done, but like like you said, with losing to Disney, and I'm talking to, I have some liberal people that move there that actually, they like DeSantis. Like, part of the reason they moved there, they thought he handled it, and now they're starting to really kind of, they're, the little like that they liked him, you know how they liked him a little bit, now that that's going away because DeSantis is kind of being, like you said, a little bit too intense in Florida. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I like Trump, but dude, is Trump even going to get to run? I get, and then my producer asked a, asked a question. Do you think Trump will be eligible to run or will they make him ineligible in your opinion? Because I think if he runs, he wins. Yeah. I, and I think that that's what the deep state thinks too. So I think they're going to try to do everything that they can to prevent him from being on the ballot. Now, the thing is, the only way that he's going to be off the ballot in certain states is if they are corrupted enough and blue state enough to kick him off the ballot. But he, but those are states he's not going to win anyway. So that's, as hey, that's good. As, I didn't even think about that logic. Yeah, that's pretty good. In the electoral college, who cares? He's not going to get the votes anyway. So. Oh, wow, that's pretty smart, Jay. Uh, I would love a okay, question. Okay, producer question. Sorry, my producer, right. an idiot producer in his Tebow jersey. Yes. What the hell? Jacob, I've got beef with you. i got to be honest, because last time we asked you where it was your hat, and you were like, the feds took it. We don't have it. But check out this. What the hell? You wore it for Daily Wire, but not us? <gasps> yeah, Are we not special? Oh, no. Hold on a second. I'm a man of my word. That is something that I makeshifted myself after our interview. Oh, okay. barely. Yes, no. You passed, Jake. Those You're welcome back. Shows. Just because you passed that. Okay. Now, we love you, yeah. Jake. Hey, dude, keep spreading the good vibrational energy. I really appreciate everything that you've done to kind of bring awareness to this deep state. I mean, sadly, though, I've become very clown-pilled and black-pilled. I don't think we're going to be able to fix any of this stuff. Like, I think there's just going to be more lockdowns, more January 6th insurrections with agent provocateurs. Like, I just think it's only going to get more convoluted and crazy as the time goes. Can I can I cheer you up a little bit Please. with a solution or two? Okay. So what we're talking about here is the less than one percenters have something called full spectrum dominance. That is the, uh, it's a military term. It means that you control this, the minds of the public through things like psychological warfare techniques and control the media. And then from there, you're able to control the land, the seas, the air and the airspace, subterranean, deep underground military bases, uh, extraterrestrial or uh, space and like satellites, bio and chemical agents and technology, things like phones, things like radios, televisions, computers, et cetera, as well as things like the medical apparatus, the financial apparatus, et cetera. These things are called full spectrum dominance. All of the, having control of all of these things is full spectrum dominance. Now, the less than one percenters knew that they could not be God, but they could play God within a system that they have full spectrum dominance, okay? Now, all we have to do is create a infrastructure that decentralizes all of these things. And in the process, we make full spectrum dominance obsolete. We circumvent the full spectrum dominance system. And that can actually be done very easily through three different things. Number one is the three patents that Donald Trump declassified in 2020, once a uh, zero-point energy engine, that is energy that extracts energy from the vacuum of space or the quantum foam of space, infinite free energy. Two is a room temperature superconductor that allows the zero-point energy engine to function without overheating. And then number three is what's called a TR-3B. It's a triangular-shaped craft that runs off of inertia propulsion or anti-gravity. And these things right here are huge. They are the future of human civilization. And then the other two patents are, number one, Tesla Tower technology. It gives us infinite, free, clean, wireless energy, therefore making the energy grid decentralized and making war obsolete because we don't need to fight over resources. It also gives us a decentralized communication grid that isn't controlled by the globalists, so we could use these towers to communicate on a global scale without cell phone towers, satellites, etc., uh, number three, it could also give us the opportunity to get away from the agriculture that is being centralized by people like Bill Gates and Monsanto and stuff like that by using these towers to use frequency to 
enhance the growth of plants, quicken them, make them larger. It also gives us an opportunity to clean up all the pollution that has been created by this system through bioremediating fungus and these frequencies from these towers being used in combination. It also gives us a chance for another transportation grid because you can use the electromagnetic ley lines that these towers run off of almost like electromagnetic highways so we don't have to build roads anymore. And then the final the final piece to all of this is Dr. Rife's machine. That's R-I-F-E, Royal Raymond Rife. He created a machine in the 1930s working alongside Nikola Tesla that can destroy cancer cells, viruses. Oh my gosh, you have to be careful about terms of service. So yeah, they don't like that. They don't like the anti-cancer stuff on, uh, well, uh, yeah. I know. Well, the thing is, the thing is though, it's the FDA, the bureaucr bureaucracy, and the NIH that are standing in the way of these things. Of course, they don't want us to have any cures to something like that. Sorry, Jacob. Uh, they can't make money off it. Oh, it's that. okay. The case in point. Case in point is all of these things give us a decentralized. Uh, infrastructure that could actually be put up within a matter of a couple of months to a couple of years at the most. And it would circumvent the full spectrum dominant system. And it would make all of that stuff obsolete, thereby, thereby rendering the globalists and their systems completely null and void. And all of this could be done nonviolently through the transformation of our minds and our consciousness and having us talk about these things on a daily, sing a daily basis. Because that's what the mockingbird media does, is they say they're talking points over and over and over and over again to reinforce it in the subconscious mind so it affects our conscious perception of reality. So if we start talking about these things, then we are proactive and the mockingbird media then becomes reactive to us as opposed to us being reactive to their talking points and narrative. Jimmy, the CIA agent just said to cut this guy off. Jimmy, uh, get the, our CIA agent said he's got to go. Bye, Jake. Uh, okay. They don't want you well, on we the got show our anymore. Burning Man. For some reason, our CIA burning Man's waiting. he's got to go. Jake, the CIA he's guy not ready. Said, she's not ready. off too or something. I don't know. Okay, no, but Jake, you've been God great. Bless. Much love, guys. Tell the people how they can find you and support you before you go. Oh, um, you can find me at, at America Shaman on Twitter. That's at America Shaman. America Shaman on Twitter, at America Shaman. And uh, ForbiddenTruthAcademy.com. That's ForbiddenTruthAcademy.com. If you go to ForbiddenTruthAcademy.com, we have all sorts of free courses. We have all... We have all sorts of um, free uh, uh, content regarding my in, my uh, interviews and regarding my um, my all my uh, uh, podcasts and stuff. We also have merch up. We just got that back up because Printful took our stuff down. So we have a new plan. How stupid that they took it down. All right, you rock, Jake, and thank you. I, the best course on there at americashaman.com is a how to not get honeypotted course. So that's why I'm not, I'm not gonna have any sex, nothing sexual. We're just going to play Uno and drink uh, sparkling seltzer. All right. Thank you, Jake. You're the man. Keep up the good work. I'll talk to you soon. I really like that guy. What do you think Bless. about him, Helen? Um, I really liked him, too. Uh, he got really deep. He's uh, deep. I, yeah, there's, there could be some flags coming for sure. I'm a little worried about that. Red flag. The, okay. I, no, for on this you, video. For YouTube purposes, we just yeah. want to say Big yeah. Pharma's the best. Yeah, we yeah, love we Big Pharma. Pharma. And we just want to say that was one of the best comedy routines that Jacob's ever done. Ha, 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 yeah, no, I know. Yeah, that was, was really such good. a funny stand-up comedy bit. And this is a video game. Everything that we talked about is in relation to being within Minecraft. So we're not talking about the real world. We're talking about the pharmaceutical industrial complex that exists inside of a video game not the current situation that we're in. One thing I did like that he said, though, was uh, when he mentioned the like collective consciousness and needing to shift the energy back onto the Democrats because they're constantly talking about us and constantly saying bad things. And yeah, but you, you know, know, I see I see what he was getting at, though. Like it is a mindset. Well, that's shift. what they we're constantly like going against them. And it's like we should kind of just be. You know, I don't know, Mrs. Mrs. Fed, I'm sorry, we have to cut you off. What? Um, okay. Why are you saying smart crap? What? That's fair. Because our sweet uh, Burning Man woman is Sonia Agora is finally here. No, She's finally, here. she finally made it. No, you can say. Sonia, Burning Man this year has been a muddy disaster, folks. Sadly, some people passed away. And Sonia was one attendee that said it was the best Burning Man ever, though. She literally just left there. Please welcome on. Sonia Gora, Sonia, what's happening, my friend? Hey guys, I my internet might be kind of screwed up though. Let's see. As long as you're alive, you're good. Okay, Sonia, so tell us, you survived Burning I'm Man. I'm here. How awesome was it? Because the, the the media said it was terrible. People had Ebola and it was crazy. So what was the real uh, you know vibes there? Okay, um, as far as I know, there was no Ebola. 
I did see one guy in a hazmat suit. You did felt- see a hazmat suit. Wait, time out. You sure did see a hazmat <laughs> suit. Yeah, and this was a couple days after I wrote everyone saying, you guys, this is stupid. There's no Ebola. We're fine. And then I see bro in the hazmat suit. And I'm like, you know, uh, but it was I found out it was just an outfit. Oh, he was just partying. Okay, so t- so yeah. tell us a little bit about Burning Man. A lot of people at home, they don't even know what it's like to go to the playa and burn. Just kind of tell us, like, how, right. how do you describe it? Uh, Burning Man uh, is not a music festival. So if something like this happened at Coachella, which I think it kind of has, yeah. uh, disaster, nightmare, like many, many deaths, uh, smaller event. Burning Man, 70,000 people. It's a city that pops up out of nowhere. And the entire point of it is to be resilient is to be prepared for a disaster because honestly going to burning man is like you're going to go have a disaster on purpose because <laughs> you're out there on the desert trying not to die and a lot of people are you know imbibing lots of things a lot of people aren't but you're literally putting yourself into a really dangerous situation on purpose for a week uh but that's kind of the point you're supposed to like have everything you need to survive out there so it could have been a lot worse, but really, at the end of the day, we just played in the mud for three days. You couldn't leave early. Oh, no. And it was fine. The the, the poop problem was kind of bad, though. Yeah, the poop problem yeah. was bad. So it's basically just camping. So tell us, yeah, what the heck happened to these porta bodies? I heard they were stuffed to the brim. You have this man who oh went viral. God. He's, like, running yeah, around. Yeah. I'm sure he was leaving a lot of poop in the porta body. So what he the heck happened? He just needed to take a bath. Well, but how did number two, because you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, everybody fought over porta, I mean, over uh, toilet paper. Were people fighting over the porta potties at Burning Man or was everybody pretty chill? I did not go over there. I didn't want to know what was happening. Also, a lot of us were barefoot and it wasn't until like day two, we were like, Ebola is one thing, but like, we're going to actually create like cholera and like dysentery. We keep doing this. But a lot of the big camps, they have their own bathrooms. Um, that's like a part of, of that experience is that they have the bathroom, they pump it out, you know, et cetera. But yeah, all the people that come out there independently, they have to use the porta potties. I didn't go over there, but it was a problem. They didn't get pumped for like two days and that's a lot of poop. So, but when you go to Burning Man, you're actually told as one of the things that you're supposed to bring is a bucket to poop in case in? something happens. You're supposed to bring a poop yeah. bucket? Okay, well now. Yeah, bring a poop bucket. Why wouldn't you bring a poop bucket with you everywhere? Like keep one in the car. Poop I used to bring a poop bucket into work, Sonia, and Glenn Beck got really mad. A guy that owns his company, he's like, do you mind pooping in the bathroom? I try to, I love the poop bucket. Personally. Glenn doesn't know what he's talking about. You get it. I You're ready did not for say man. that. I know. I disagree with you. Glenn knows exactly what he's talking about. It's just the poop bucket is, you know, he's not pro poop bucket. Okay, this is actually, Sonia, you seem pretty dialed in. Now, I'm kind of a little bit of a controversial figure. I don't know if you know, you know, about me, but that's neither here nor there. This beautiful blonde woman hit me up on the internet, and I'm worried that she might be doing some sort of Jeffrey Epstein honey potting thing. So just you meeting her, is it possible that an attractive nice well-shaped blonde girl would be attracted to me or do you think that she's trying to get secret information to blackmail me in the future sonia just you know first impressions i mean do you do you have secret information that she could blackmail you with because okay well i mean you can never you can never really be sure um man i don't know i mean i just saw a snippet she seems like really genuine i think you should go for it Okay, all right, you passed the test. All right, now, now, Sonia, let's talk about you. What is the love and dating scene like? Because I imagine, and I obviously could be totally wrong, is this like 1960s people having sex and drinking, or is it a little more calm than that? Or is there kind of that orgy wild uh, lifestyle at Burning Man with a bunch of tech CEOs banging hot um, It's It's a very, like, no. So during the day, it's very, uh, there's lots of families. There's tons of bars. You can go out. And if you want to go out and have the experience of day drink all day and go to some kind of like raunchy bars where everyone's just dancing like all day long drinking, you can do that. Uh, but if you bring your family, which a lot of people do, you're not going to go to those areas. No, I have not seen people doing it in public, but I know that happens sometimes, but it's kind of like looked down on. That's why they have things like the infamous orgy dome. Because There's an orgy do- dome? Wait, that, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Missing out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they're doing that over there and that contains space because it's also like people are very focused on consent. So doing that in front of everyone, you're not really getting everyone's consent to participate. So 
Can you elaborate a little bit on the Orgy Dome? Just a little more <laughs> about that. I know the audience is going to enjoy that. What is the You know what? I've never actually been there. It's just kind of like something hey, that everyone Hey, yeah, right, Sonia. I know you love the Orgy Dome. Shut up, Sonia. You can admit it. This is a safe space. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I just know that it's, there's all you literally can find like you would in a big city. Mm -hmm. You know, you can literally find anything that you're looking for out there. Okay, tell me this. One of my good friends, a guy, Clark Gable, I bring this up all the time. He passed away of a fentanyl drug overdose. And the reason why I bring it up is because he's had a high tolerance. Like, he was not a 16-year-old girl at her first Pitbull concert and took some pill, you know, take some pill and die. Uh, tell me this. Are you worried or are the people worried about drugs being infected with fentanyl at Burning Man? Because you know everybody's out there having getting high and doing this. Like, and now you get cocaine that has fentanyl in it. So is that a serious, uh, you know, concern or is that people don't even talk about that? I was really, no, people are talking about it a lot. I was really concerned about it. Um, people in in these sort of scenes who engage in that uh, are really good at testing their drugs, yeah. like a responsible drug user, I guess. Um, but I was really concerned what the statistics were going to be. Um, but I haven't actually heard much bad stuff. I mean, people die at Burning Man every year. It's a city of 70,000 people for a week living in pretty intense conditions you know, statistically, you would have at least one person die, which is usually what it what it is. But I haven't heard about overdoses much. Wow. Oh, can I ask a question, Alex? Uh, yes. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. So yeah, I'm the, I'm the producer, and um, I'm wearing my Tim Tebow jersey. But I have an anti Tim Tebow question. What you've been this? to a lot of Burning Man's. What is the craziest or most depraved thing you've seen? Oh. Cannibalism. That's, that's a hard metric because the like what you would consider crazy and depraved out there is not is very different than in the real world. You know, just tell it all. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> what's, yeah. what's norm? Tell us something weird you've seen. Is it true? Because I heard a Burning Man that this really fat guy died, and they just started barbecuing him and eating him, and they had like a big ritual and Marina Bromovich. Well, we don't. What happens at Burning Man stays at Burning Man. So. No, you will not tell us about any cannibalism. Okay. Well, Sonia, yeah. before we go, the show's almost over. How can the people that are watching, how can they support you? I, I want to hear you? the story. Oh, okay. Yeah, tell us the story. <laughs> oh, I, I'm going to have to search my brain for a second. The most depraved? I don't think I really consider anything I see out there depraved. What's it's the not... most normal thing you've seen that we consider depraved? Oh, okay. I'll tell you something. Um, I don't really see them anymore, uh, but there is a thing called shirt cocking. Okay. Okay, what, what does that mean? and these are guys that don't want to get a sunburn, but they want to be naked, so they only wear a shirt. And it's probably the most offensive thing at the playa because if I have a naked guy walk up to me, I know I'm looking right here. I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, but if he's wearing a shirt, I'm gonna be surprised. And so there's literally camps that would shoot a cannon with pants at any shirt cockers that would walk by and like throw pants at them. There's a lot of shirt cockers. That's how bad it used to be is the that... thing. I don't really see them anymore. See, that's awesome. That that's was good. a great one. That's a great okay. one. Now we can clip that, Jimmy. The shirt cockers at uh, Burning Man are sexually assaulting all of the nice, fine ladies like Sonia. All right, Sonia, shout out your Instagram or how can people find you? I'm sure they're going to find you after they watch this. Um, I'm on Twitter at Sonia Agora, S-O-N-J-A-A-G-O-R-A. -A. All right. Me. And then, Sonia, did you get that drug test? You have to pee in it on camera, and we're going to take it right now. Did Jimmy send you the yeah, drug test? Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let me go get it. I okay, it go pee in it right now, and we'll get the results on the after show. Okay. Thank you, Sonia. We love you. I'm happy that you survived. You're the best, Sonia. Thank you for coming on. And, uh, you know, if you want to talk more about the Orgy Dome, you're welcome back on the show anytime. So... You're the best, Sonia. Keep on burning. Burning man strong. We love you. Thanks, Alex. Hi. What do you think about her? She, I like Sonia. I liked her. I liked her a lot, actually. She was super cool. Um, I, I actually don't know a lot about Burning Man, but it sounds like a wild time. I'm kind of intrigued. A bunch of... I'm kind of intrigued. Don't lie. I don't know about the. You're intrigued because there's a guys with a bunch of t-shirts no, on no, no, with no, their no, penis not out. That. Why are you intrigued Just like by that? how dramatic it all seems i don't know and how different than it is from like how we live day to day like do the chat rats guys i want ones in the chat if you think that helen is a fed and then i want nines in the chat if i need to go prime time wine and dine 69 so 69 in the chat if things are okay i want ones in the chat if she is a police officer trying to steal secret information from me to blackmail me and control me
and create um, a nightmare in my life? Or is she just here to create a fun dream and party and eat tacos and, you know, have fun? I want you guys, they're saying a lot of nines, a lot of 69s in the chat. So it looks like a lot of 69s in the chat. Mostly just one in 69. Is that good though, Jimmy? A lot of oh, the rats. All right, we love you all, you chat rats. Okay, shout yourself out, Helen, before we go. Okay, uh, my name's Helen Morse. I'm not gonna shout out my stuff. I don't think I have Why? a, tw I have it a Twitter. Out. It's uh, Helen Savannah 1965. Um, is that the year you were born? Before we go, real quick, with the show's almost over, tell them Helen flew here from Detroit and got arrested on the plane for what? I was. Well, I don't know if I want to admit to a crime. Just say what say you did. Say allegedly. There was something, okay, so I was in the bathroom and you were stressed I... Out, you were stressed out flying. Right. And you vape. Yeah. Tell them the story that you hit a vape pin. So then I go back um, to my seat, all the way back, and I see the people scrambling at the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, wow, did I, you know, was it that bad? But okay. And so, like, then they... Tell me to come like hither basically. What did and the pilot do first? The pilot announces, can everybody please stop vaping? Um, we have particle detectors, so warning, do not vape on planes. Wow, yeah, you got the particle detector annual vape. Yeah. So she's a ratchet hoe, and I love it. Do not slap me. No, she's actually a police officer. How rude. So she's not a ratchet hoe, she just vapes on uh, Spirit Airlines, which everybody <laughs> vapes on Spirit Airlines. So guys. This is Primetime 99, Alex Tyne. I'm with a beautiful lady, so go follow Helen. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you, Jake. You guys were great. We end the show the same way every time with a freestyle finale. So, DJ, hit that beat. Let's go, Hal. Oh, oh, I like this beat. I'm with Helen Morse. Her body is alive and she's not a corpse. So, hey, listen, I know you guys are freaks, you necrophiliacs. Not today. It doesn't matter if you're straight or gay because we got Ellen. So I want 69s in the chat. Rat-a-tat-tat. Don't talk back. I love you all. Look at this pretty lady. We're about to go eat some chicken with some cream gravy. That sounds good. Does that sound good? That yeah. sounds good. All right. We're going to eat some fried chicken. I love you guys. Please like, subscribe, and share this right now. Follow share me. this with 10 people now or else.